Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Okay, we have with us today Andrea Johnson. We are so excited to have you. Welcome to Earrings Off. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Well, I tell you, we are honored to have you. We are going to jump in with the question. So tell us, what is intentional optimism? Intentional optimism is a personal growth lifestyle. It is the attitudes and mindsets that we both employ and embody in order to live out our goals and our lives with excellence. And it's something that I came up with based on some scriptures and some personal growth that I had done over many years. And when I kind of went through a lot of stuff, I decided, you know what, I need to have some guidelines of my own. And Mm -hmm. so that's how I came up with them. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there are tenets, right? So what are yep. the six tenets of intentional optimism? So it started out as a big brain dump. You know how mm-hmm. that goes when you start mm-hmm. when you start writing things. Mm-hmm. And this started right after my mother died back in 2017. Um, it was I was 50, and I said, you know what? This is when it's I gotta I can't do the rest of my life the way I've been doing it. And so I just started writing everything down, and it started out as just pages, and then it became a spreadsheet. And then I realized, you know what? This is six major tenets, and a tenet is sort of like a principle, but it's almost um, has more of a um, uh, like a pillar feel to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, they hold each other up. They're kind of like spokes on a wheel and the six tenants are optimistic, which includes being hopeful and confident and proactive. The second is present, which includes having a sense of wonder. And by that, I mean, not childlike wonder, but grown up wonder when we know the more we know, I think the more wonder we should have mm-hmm. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and then, uh, being generous and kind and open, all of that is part Part of being present. The third is energetic, and that includes having an industrious nature, always having something going and moving towards the next thing, a sense of excitement and joy and being life-focused. The fourth is courageous, and that is the leadership portion of intentional optimism. It's being willing to be that lead goose out there, even though it means that you're the one that's going to catch all the wind. Yeah. Um, and having a sense of adventure and a resiliency, that's all part of being courageous. The fifth is wise, and that is part of um, part of that is being understanding, seeing that you don't have the only perspective, knowing that um, that wisdom comes from all places and Mm -hmm. you can find and you can learn anywhere. And then it has the second piece of wisdom is being wise with your words, understanding that they need to be careful, that they need to be curious and that they need to be encouraging. And then the third piece of wisdom is respect. And respect is not just that we demand it, it's that we give it, we earn it, we model it. And then the sixth wraps it all up It's being intentional and that's having a sense of purpose, right? Why am I here? What am I doing? Um, Having a plan, um, knowing that, I mean, I grew up with paper maps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, So uh, I was watching something the other day and they had to pull out a paper map and he said, what is this? (laughs) That's 
a brilliant piece of paper. Um, (laughs) So having a plan means that you know what you want to do, or at least you have a point on the horizon Mm -hmm. that you're heading towards. And Mm -hmm. then having a growth mindset, always Mm -hmm. being ready to grow, always being ready Mm -hmm. to learn. That's what being intentional is. So Mm -hmm. that's the six. Okay, mm-hmm. nice. Okay. Well, I particularly like your point about being wise because I, I think with so much divisiveness in the world today, it's mm. it's like we cannot hear an opinion that's different from our own. We're not open to learning and hearing other people. And we certainly are not being respectful of one another when we hear about a difference of opinion. I love that when you mm. when you talk about that's part of wisdom. It's understanding. I don't know everything. And I don't <laughs> care where you are in life, what you've achieved, how many alphabets you have behind your name. You can always learn something. Amen. And we can we can change, and that's the beauty of life. So I I appreciate that. So um, tell us why is personal growth important? And well, <laughs> if you're, I think if you're not growing, you're dying, yeah. and that's my own personal opinion. I'm sure there are people out there that would agree with me, mm-hmm. but I think just to go back to what you just said about being wise, it's a wise way to live. It's right. It's an ex expansive and open way to live. It means that if you're willing to grow personally, then you're willing to become bigger. You're willing to become more. And so many of us women are told not to be bigger and not to be more. Yet at the same time, we're always yearning for something else. We're always yearning for something bigger. It's not outside of us ladies. It's in here. And if we're not going to be willing to grow, then we're not going to be able to achieve any of the goals that we set for ourselves. That's how we achieve our goals as we grow. Yeah. 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 And sometimes growth requires a bit of struggle. It's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. Which is why it's important to develop resilience, right? It's this undaunted willingness to continue right. to fall and get up. Right. Um, do y'all have children? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have a 14 year old and um, he's adopted. That was one of our, that um, was one of our life challenges, mm-hmm. you know, but um, watching him learn to walk. And my niece has now a baby who's six months old and he's crawling, but you don't expect a baby to walk on the first try. Now, right. mine got up and walked across the room, <laughs> but um, but he all, he fell, right? And we fall and we skin our knees. And when we're learning to ride a bicycle, we, we fall off, we crash. Why is it that we're not willing to do that in personal growth? And, right. yeah. and you know, I mean, it just, it, we have to be willing to learn and grow and make those mistakes. And um, I think it all just goes back to that being willing to see things from somebody else's perspective, right. because- right. I only see out of these eyes. That's the only eyes I have. Right. right, And I have to be willing to step around and see it from somebody else's. Well, I tell you, I I can certainly relate to that because right now, one of my new goals, I started taking piano lessons. Um, Never played the piano, you know, my whole life. And last year I started taking lessons and I get so frustrated because (laughs) I really, you know, I, I suck at it. That's the first problem. But other than that, it's just hard. But the thing <laughs> is, I, I have to remind myself that 
I know more than when I started last October. Mm -hmm. I can actually play a piece. So I have to constantly remind myself, yeah, you don't know this piece. This is hard. This is this what I'm working on now is hard, but you learn that. So you have to be patient and you have, I'm struggling through it. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing, you know, you can, you can head up Mount Everest and always look at the top or you can get up to the base camp. The first one that's actually really, most of us can't get to the first base camp yeah. and look back and say, Whoa, I've come a long way. Yeah. Um, are y'all familiar with Ira Glass? Um, he has yeah. a, a poem um, or somebody, I forget who did it, but they put it to like this Vimeo or something mm-hmm. like a video. But the whole point of it is um, it's called the gap. Okay. And um, it, it's beautiful. If I'll send you the link to it. You know, okay. Yes, please do. Um, yeah. And it, the whole point is it talks about there's this gap between who we are when we start out to learn something and where we think we're supposed to be. Like we like, <laughs> I love how Lou's that I really suck at it and treat it. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't. Suck. <laughs> and because in Lou's mind, she wants to play, what is it? Mozart, Chopin, yeah. uh, the entertainer. Sucks. Lou wants to play something. I can just tell you that. <laughs> Bach, I don't know. But, um, but you have in your mind what you know it's supposed to sound like. Right. right? You're yeah. taking piano. I took piano for many years growing up. And now I, I wish I could play again. But um, but you know what it's supposed to sound like. And right. so you're hearing that in your head and comparing it to what's coming out of your fingers. And you're like, yeah. that's not the same thing. It's not pretty. But, it's not pretty. I can tell you. The practice the practice is what gets, what closes that gap. And yes. so I think it's the point of that whole, um, that whole concept is to remember that that gap only gets shorter as we go. It only yeah. gets shorter as we practice. It doesn't get shorter by looking at it and going, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about leadership? What, what is leadership? Well, John Maxwell, who is my mentor, and I'm mm-hmm. certified under his uh, leadership program. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Says, nice. You yeah. know John Maxwell? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. John Maxwell's definition of leadership is influence, plain and simple. And mm. it's the ability to get others to do what yep. you want them to do. And I, that right. sounds really bad when we say it that way, but that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts with you. It starts with yourself. You can only lead others when you know how to lead yourself. So as you learn to lead yourself, you learn to develop your habits. You learn to develop the skills and the attitudes. And like I said, the mindsets, all of those things that then you can turn around and offer to other people. And in the tenet of courageous, that's where leadership is housed. And part of being a good leader is being willing to try new things. It's mm-hmm. being, which I, that's why you heard me gasp or like, mm-hmm. with delight when you said you were learning piano. Um, Because the more we try to learn new things, the more we our our brain develops. That's all that neuroplasticity stuff that you hear about. Um, And when we do those things for ourselves and we turn around and model that for others, they'll follow. And another big piece of leadership is what we call charisma. And no, not a used car salesman Mm -hmm. kind of charisma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The more of what I would um, say is what grace, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Audrey Hepburn and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of grace where 
people, when, when you show that you care about others, they're drawn to you. And that is a servant leader. We like to say, well, I'm a servant leader, you know, Mm -hmm. but the reality is you have to be willing to do that adventure, to step up there and to be that, like I said, lead goose, Mm -hmm. um, or the first horse in the race, you know, they're the ones that don't have the mud on their face. Right, right, (laughs) right. But I think that's part of being a leader is you just have to be willing to step up. You have to be willing to use the skills and the abilities that you have. And I made an illusion earlier, I'm 56 and, you know, I just never thought of myself as somebody who was wise. And I mean, I always knew I'd like to be in front of people. I'm an entertainer, (laughs) Um, but I didn't ever think of myself as really a leader. And it wasn't until I hit 50 and said, wait a minute, people are coming to me. People are asking me about things they want. I had, Mm -hmm. because I worked for 23 years in the university medical system. Mm -hmm. I worked for Johns Hopkins and then I worked for the University of Virginia and I managed a lot of people Mm -hmm. and I had people doctors who would come sit in my office and ask my opinion and talk to me and ask for advice. And one day it kind of dawned on me, they're asking for my advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're asking right. for my opinion and right. um, being willing to take that and share it with others. That's also part of leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. So then when, when you're, when you're saying that, it makes me think about women, how we sometimes are actually conducting ourselves as leaders, but not seeing ourselves as leaders, you know, because we sort of shy away from, you know, that role or that title. But why are women uniquely qualified to be leaders? Because <laughs> that's how God made us. Um, <laughs> here, here. The end, my drop. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you, when y'all reached out and I looked at the title of your podcast, and then I went and read why it was titled that, um, I said, I need to know these ladies because they serious. <laughs> and um, part of what makes women uniquely qualified to lead is the fact that we have the nurturing ability to make us those charismatic servant leaders. We have the, we're not as driven <laughs> by ego. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of women as well, and several of them have been financial planners. And one of them shocked me when she said, women are much better investors than men. And I said, why? And she said, because we're not emotionally tied to winning. And I think that's why we're better leaders. We're not technically and and traditionally, women are not emotionally tied to the winning. That's kind of a male Mm -hmm. ego kind of thing. Right, right. And so therefore, women are more team oriented. Women are more nurturing. Women are more um, self-sacrificing. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, women are also, when we actually embody it and live it and stand up in our leadership abilities, we are much more able to have people follow us in a way that is productive and um, unifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And I think the time for women leadership is right now. And, um, and I also, and I I started, I started my podcast that was called intentional optimists, unconventional leaders in the, in the middle of a pandemic. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I use the word unconventional leaders is because we don't see ourselves as leaders. We live in this male dominated world Mm -hmm. for the last, I don't know, 3000 years. Mm -hmm. And we're told that in order to be a leader, you have to look, sound, act, whatever, a certain way. And, you know, 
y'all have been in the university system. I'm in, mm-hmm. I've been in the university system mm-hmm. and it's no different there. <laughs> yeah. And there are pockets where women can be feminine and be, well, I don't even, it doesn't even need to be a feminine masculine thing mm-hmm. where we don't have to follow that corporate example right, of, right. of what it means to be a leader. Right. And, um, you know, it just, I think that the idea that we've been able to go almost entirely for a year and a half remote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And those things don't matter. I don't know how tall you are when you're sitting in a chair. Mm -hmm. I don't, right. right? I don't, I see you on your zoom room, the same as I'm in a zoom room. I kind of put people on a level playing field. And I think it's really given women an opportunity to step up. So could you talk a little bit more though, about what unconventional leadership is? Um, It is, using the leaderships, actually using the skills and the abilities and the traits that you have to mm-hmm. lead in your own unique way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. it means that you might not look like what the world calls a leader. Okay. And I've been talking for two years to women who say, well, you know, all I did was raise my kids. And I'm like, honey, let's talk about what a feat that is, right? Yeah. Let's actually acknowledge Um, the project management that goes along with multiple children in soccer. Let's talk about, you know, (laughs) right. Let's talk about, um, the, what it means to be an EMT with like my sister's second child. Oh my gosh. She was on first name, like knew their kids basis with her doctor's office with her pediatrician because he was constantly doing something. I mean, he's broken everything and, you know, (laughs) and, um, so, you know, women don't, realize the skills that we have and that we've developed. And I sat like in my office with women who were, I just have three more years till I retire. And I'm like, don't you want to do anything else? Yeah, <laughs> like, I just want to retire. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm like, you have so much to offer. You have life wisdom to offer. Yeah. And if you don't offer it, then we don't get it. And in the university system, we would talk about historical knowledge of the university, like these employees that would be there for, you know, 30 years, 40 years. And if they retire, we don't have all that historical knowledge of how things have been done in the department or the school or whatever. And that's the same in our culture. It's the same in our um, in our communities, in our churches, in our schools. We don't have that historical knowledge. And I think that's why I call it unconventional, because it's not what we normally think of as leadership. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and part of the problem is that in this uh, system that we're in, this patriarchal system, we've been led to believe that what we've done in our, you know, in our various capacities has not been leadership, you know, that mm-hmm. that it's been devalued. And we are, ne- you know, we have to push against that. That's why when we say uh, conversations to empower women, we want women to support other women. But we also add, and the men who celebrate them. That's our tagline. Because we understand it's not limited, support is not limited to any gender or any of that. We are all about recognizing the value of each other because as we do that, then we believe humanity rises. And it's that's that's how we all move forward. So I uh, can, yes. Uh, yeah. And yeah. and I, if I may, just really quickly, um this is 
fairly new to me. I've been raised in, you know, Southern evangelical culture. So I was very steeped in the patriarchal understanding Mm -hmm. of who a woman is and how a woman should act. And my mother was a very strong woman. And she was one of those that kind of figured out how to work within that system Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. still lead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, Every, you know, she, everybody called her Judy was the bubble head and she was a motor mouth. But let me tell you, she was a project manager for apartments. My parents were missionaries mm-hmm. and she was a project manager for an apartment complex. And she was head of Red Cross volunteers for Asia and the Pacific. That's wow. like a GS 13. Yeah. But she couldn't get paid. It was volunteer. Right. Right. And right. so I watched that. And yet I still tried so hard to fit into that system of understanding what a woman is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for anybody listening who has not been able to completely step out of that particular mindset yet, there's hope. You can oh, do yeah. it. That's it's, right. Um, it is a hard journey because it will challenge every when you talk about pushing back. Just pushing back in your own mind will challenge everything. Oh my goodness. Challenge everything I've been taught. It's true. Yeah. I've cried many tears. Yeah. I have raged. I have thrown trash cans across yeah. the yard. Yeah. <laughs> because when you figure out how you've how you've been and allowed yourself, right? For me, right. I allowed myself to be held down, right? I allowed myself yeah. to be in that system. Yeah. But being able to find other women who want to link arms rather than push each other down. Right. Find other women who want to lift each other up. You know, I don't know what the exact breakdown is, but we're at least 50% of the population. Yeah. There's no no reason why we need to be any less than. Right. Right. And for you to point out that there are men out there that do that. I spoke a minute ago about the anger. Um, I, you know, and we all, for anybody that's come out of that patriarchal thinking, yeah, you will go through some intense anger oh, at yeah. men in general. And, oh, yeah. um, and it is not all men and, <laughs> and, yeah. um, coming out of that, being able to recognize and see how many men are really supportive. I just was in CVS the other day and they've now got a sign up that said a razor's a razor's a razor, no more pink tax. <laughs> and I, yeah. I said, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, I love empowering conversations. I love lifting other women up and yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Good are stuff. we. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how can I become an intentional optimist? Well, as I said earlier, they are mindsets and attitudes. Um, and I do have like a little free handout, the two pager that kind of gives you a breakdown of each tenant. In January of 23, I'm coming out with a course that will okay. give you all of oh, that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it's all six of the tenants broken out into modules. And um, so you can do that. But I do have a podcast that will give you information. And then, of course, I have website and um, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and um, YouTube yeah. Uh, so I've lots of places to follow, but part of it is just deciding that you want to live differently. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I call it a personal growth lifestyle. It is not, I mean, I thought, thought it was maybe a philosophy. Well, you don't do anything with a philosophy. And then I thought it was a plan and it's like, nah, mm-hmm. it's not really a plan because it's different for everybody. Some people automatically fall into that wisdom with no problem. Some people fall into courage with no problem. The point is to get it all in there like a yeah. wheel and so that your wheel rolls well, right? Yeah. So um, that is that is the best way is to just decide, I want to live this and then take the tenants and run with them. So what struggles in your life resulted in your personal growth? Um, 
<laughs> where do I start? <laughs> um, and I think we all have that. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I first started telling my story, I didn't realize that I really had struggles because to me, they're just my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that women need to hear too. But um, big struggles for me was my weight. I was a chubby kid and struggled with that all the way through my 20s into my 30s. And Mm -hmm. um, eventually I had gastric bypass surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, I weighed 310 pounds and um, that was 17 years ago. Wow. So Mm -hmm. my weight and and consequently my body image and my self-image 17 years ago, and I'm still walking past mirrors going, is that? Who's that? You know, Um, but so that was one big piece. Mm -hmm. My mother was diagnosed with lupus and then um, breast cancer. And so we kind of that was a challenge for us. It was also a catalyst for me to actually have gastric bypass surgery because I know that obesity is an indicator for different types of Mm -hmm. cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And we lost her in 2017. Um, But I don't know that it was related to my weight, um, but I went into menopause at 37. So um, I was married 14 years before our son came along and God brought him to us through independent adoption. And that, that, let me tell you, (laughs) it's not for the faint of heart. Um, (laughs) And adoption is probably the most beautiful expression of God's grace for me and understanding how that works. It helped me have a, a beautiful vision of the generosity of humanity um, for a young woman to mm. give me her child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if anything will humble you, they say parenting will humble you, humble yeah. you, but just try parenting a child that someone gave you. Right. That will yeah. humble you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those three things, I think, overcoming weight, my weight issues, um, and losing my mother in 2017 after a long bout with breast cancer and infertility resulting in adoption. Those are some big, and I'm yeah. also a pastor's wife. That is not benign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely add that in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you it's like, we love people, <laughs> but, uh, I've been through church splits, um, oh, and gosh, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. and I'm a missionary kid, so I've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that kind of just informs my, what I call my grown up wonder. It's like, I marvel at the beauty and the goodness um, that I find. And I want to find beauty everywhere. And um, I think that's what fuels it all. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for, for being here with us today. We've enjoyed this conversation. And um, please, if you have any any last words or bits of advice for our audience, we would love to hear from you about that now. And please share all of your contact information as well. Sure. Um, I will tell you that no matter who's listening, you are a leader. Mm-hmm. Every single woman out there is a leader. If you're leading your children, if you're leading the church choir, if you are leading from a school desk, if you are if you are leading from the vice presidency, mm-hmm. you are a leader. Mm-hmm. And leadership is unique to you. Every person is, every woman is a leader in her own unique way. And that's why we call them unconventional. Mm-hmm. Um, and please do reach out to me. Uh, you can find me at my website, theintentionaloptimist.com. I have a links page there, but I have a 
Facebook and it's Andrea Johnson or the intentional optimist on everything. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's unique. Uh, okay. So if people can, you can find it. And so I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I'm even on TikTok. So <laughs> um, yeah, so come find me. And um, I have a podcast, intentional optimists. Um, so you can follow that and hear some great interviews. We're on episode, I think a hundred and, 15. Wow. Yeah. So there's plenty out there. There are plenty of places. Come find me and say hi. I'm always happy to make new friends. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we wish you all the best here from Earrings Off. Take good care. Thank you.